Amen? So we have any singles here this morning? If you're single, would you just raise your hand for me real quick? Would you hold your hand up? Would everybody else look around? You know, maybe we can get a little connection going. <laughs> Tried. I was trying to help you out. I mean, it's a good place to meet somebody is at church, right? Godly thinking leads to godly actions. Wrong thinking leads to sinful actions is what we've been talking about. And how if you don't have proper thinking, it leads to sinful actions, which cause consequences, which cause last week we talked about shame. And how there's a lot of us that are just drugged down by shame, shame from decisions we made or shame from things that have happened to us. And I just want to say this since last week's message, it's been an incredible ministry week. You know, you, 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 you say you're going to you're going to do a series on sex and you're going to give the you're going to address the lies of the enemy and you're going to speak the truth of what God says. Let me tell you something. That's not just to be cute in a church. That's legitimate and it's real. And there's real people struggling with real issues when it comes to sex. And so, you know what? I, Pastor Bubba called me. I mean, it, it was happening in Jennings. It was happening here. It was happening to people that wasn't even in the church. I was getting phone calls from people that wasn't even here to hear the message. And God's just stirring things up. And I go, man, praise God. I'm, I'm, evidently, we stepped on somebody's toes. Right? And if I step on your toe, Lord have mercy. You're probably right. You won't feel that on the right. <laughs> John 8.44 says this. It says, when the devil... When the devil lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Our spiritual enemy is a liar, and he's after the singles in our, in our community. He's after single believers. He's after single unbelievers. He wants to wreck your life before you ever get it started. And he's lying through his teeth to you. Telling you that there's no hope. Telling you that you can't make it. Telling you that you'll, you'll never find the right one. So you just soon do what you want. John 8.32 says that, that then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. How many of you want to be free? I want to be free. What sets you free? The truth. The truth sets you free. The lie sends you to destruction. But the truth will set you free. So, so aren't you glad we're speaking the truth to you as a church? Amen? I... I Preaching this message, I go, man, you know, I, I wish I wish somebody in the church when I was a young adult or even a young teenager would have spoken this in church. You know, first of all, I wish my mama would have had the talk with me, but she didn't. I learned sex ed from my buddies, TV, radio, and anything else I could get my hands on. And let me tell you, it led to a road of destruction. But the good news is, is that God redeemed me. God cleansed me. He set me free. He took the chains of shame and, and, and embarrassment and he took them off of me. And he said, don't be shamed anymore because I've, I've set you free. I've forgiven you for what you've done. I've cleansed you. Just like his word says that if you're faithful and just to confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and then to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So he washed all of that off of me. That's the hope. Amen. I thought you would have said amen a little bit better than that, but that's okay. So this morning we want to talk to you about what, what Satan's teaching singles and, and married couples don't, don't cop out because some of you may be single in your heart right now and you may need to hear this. So Satan has a plan of attack. Number one, he wants to lure you from God's path. 
Number two, he wants to train you for divorce. And number three, he wants to rob you of hope. So he wants to steal you or or distract you from God's path. He wants you to get off of the, the straight and narrow. Are you with me? And he wants you to go off into this other way. There's this new country girl's got a song out. It's called Follow Your Arrow, whichever way it points or whatever, something like that. But she talks about when the straight and narrow gets a little too straight, roll up a joint. Follow your path wherever it points. Follow your arrow wherever it points. And she talks about kiss as many boys as you want to kiss and kiss as many girls as you want to kiss if that's what you're into. Brand new song out. I heard it. I stumbled across the the. Grammys, I think I said Emmys, but Grammys. And, and I listened to her words and I was blown away. So Satan wants to lure you from God's path. He wants to train you for divorce and he wants to rob you of hope. So number one, he wants to lure you from God's path. He's going to tell you that that old fashioned religion don't work no more. He's going to tell you that how your mama and your papa did it when they courted. And maybe they had another parent escorting them. That that don't work no more. That's old fashioned. You know, you don't save yourself for marriage anymore. You got to try something out before you buy it. Right? You got to see if it's going to work. We got, there's more single people living together today that aren't married and they're trying it out. They're practicing marriage. But can I tell you, if you can practice marriage, you can also practice divorce. Right? He wants to lure you from God's path. He wants to send you down a road of destruction. He wants to tell you that that old way of doing things ain't going to work anymore. A little bit is not going to hurt. Test it out. Try it. Everyone else is doing it. Right? Everybody else is doing it. Here's what Satan doesn't want you to know about sex and marriages is, is this, that, that what we do today affects tomorrow. What we do today affects tomorrow. He wants you. He doesn't want you to hear that. You, you with me this morning? He didn't want you to hear me say that. That what you do today affects tomorrow. The choices you make today affect tomorrow. Right? You know, the crazy thing is about the school system is that the school system is trying to been te- has, has been teaching our kids sex ed for years. And look at where it's gotten us. All they want to tell you to do is, is, is to put on a condom to protect yourself so you don't get somebody pregnant and you don't get a disease. But what they're not telling you is that you can't put a condom on your heart. In fact, they're not even talking about your heart. Right? And that's where the most damage is. It's in your heart. So, you, so you're, you're single and you make a bad decision and you go off and you, and you act on this decision. You, you fulfill the lust of the flesh and you do this thing that you know is wrong. And then, and then once it's done, you now have shame and guilt and this weight on you. And, and what you've done in reality is you've gone and you've said, just put these chains on me. And you can't follow Christ if you've got chains on you. You can try, but you're always dragging something. Amen. You always got this thing that's this just, it's irritating. It's aggravating. You're ashamed of it. You're trying to hide this chain around other people, but you can't. Right? Watch what Galatians 6, 7, 8 says. It says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. 
the one who, who sows to please his sinful nature from that, that nature will reap destruction. Came up with a new word the other day called practicalize. Let me practicalize that word for you. If you do what this right here wants to do, it reaps destruction. Amen? It reaps destruction. You got to follow what the spirit man inside of you is saying to do. And the crazy thing about it is that the spirit man doesn't scream and he doesn't talk very loud. He says, hey, don't, don't go that way. Turn, turn this way. <laughs> and you know what? I wish God was louder. It would make it a lot easier, right? But that's not his intentions. His intentions are to make you listen harder. Listen more carefully. So that when the world's screaming at you. You can step back and hear that soft voice say, don't go there. Go here. Don't do that. Do this. Right? Satan doesn't want you to know that, that what you do today affects tomorrow. I heard a story the other day. His 14-year-old boy went to his mom and he said, hey, mom, I'm going to the movies with my buddies. Is that's all right? She said, well, sure, that's good. What movie are you going to see? And he told her the name of the movie. He said, but don't worry. I went to Plugged In Online. And, and I checked it out, and it's a pretty clean movie, Mom. They just got a little bit of a sexual and crude humor, humor in the movie. So, you know, I got it all checked. It's, it's fine, Mom. It's just a little bit, but, you know, it's no, nothing for you to worry about. And so the mom, in all of her wisdom, says, oh, baby, that sounds great. I'm glad you went to Plugged In Online and you looked it up ahead of time. So I, I trust you. So won't you go get ready while I'm going to bake you some brownies so that you can take to the movies with you? So the boy was like, oh, yes. Whoo. So he's up there, man. He's putting on his, his good clothes. He, he comes down. His mom's got some brownies. He grabs a brownie, throws it in the mouth. He goes, and he starts to throw up. He goes, what you putting these brownies? He said, oh, it wasn't nothing. Just a little something different. He said, well, what you put in? She said, well, I just went to the backyard and got a little dog poop. But I just put a little. I just put a little. It's just, it's just a little bit. It's not much. Isn't that good? just a little it's not gonna hurt right i'm not watching porn i'm just watching tv ephesians 5 3 says that but among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality what's a hint it's kind of like a pinch right you, you watch cooking shows right? i'll just put a little pinch of this and they just take a little pinch of salt and just Not even a hint of sexual immorality. Because you see, you got to guard your heart. You got to watch what you watch. You got to watch what you listen to. You got to make sure your heart's going in the right direction. Because the enemy is lying to you. And all of his people are lying to you. Right? The word pornea means illicit sex, including adultery, incest, premarital sex, or any extramarital sexual arousal. Anything that arouses you sexually is a little bit. It's a little bit. You know, it's it's funny. If if I would ask my wife, and this is for you single folks, but just think about this. If I were to ask Cheryl, 
baby, can I sleep around with so-and-so? What do you think she would say? Oh, no. After she punched me in the eye. Right? Okay, so I said, well, so I start arguing. I go, okay, baby, what do you know? I won't sleep with her. I'll just, you know, we'll just, we'll get together and just watch some movies and cuddle on the sofa. Think she'd still say yes? Huh? We're not going to fool around. You know, we're just going to hang out. You think she'd let me do that? Well, then what makes you think that if you're single, you can do that too? Right? Just because I'm married, it's wrong. But just because you're single, it's right. What's the difference? You're still going to stand before God, whether you're single or or married. Right? It's still sin, whether you're single or if you're married. It's still adultery if it's outside of marriage. It's still sex if you're just playing around and touching. Right? Satan's plan of attack. The second thing he wants to do is he wants to train you for divorce. He wants you to move in together, act like you're married, and then when you break up, no big deal. Just go to the next one. You see, me personally, I don't believe in dating as dating is defined today. You follow me? My plan for my kids, and they they have their own choice, is that is that they would be friends with somebody. If you're interested in somebody, my conversations have been with my girls. If you get interested in a little boy, that's fine. That's a natural thing to happen. You're supposed to have, God gave us this attraction gift, right? So that's cool with me. But listen, before you put this stigma on you that you're dating, why don't you work on being friends? And you just continue to be friends until you feel the desire to one day make a commitment to be married. Right? Because what's wrong with married couples today is that they're not friends. They're just married. Isn't that true? That's why you see so many times when when all the kids move out the house, the parents go through a hard time, a hard spell. Why? Because they built the relationship on the kids and on everything else except their friendship. You're practicing for divorce. I don't want my kids to practice divorce. I want them to make a clean and clear decision about who am I supposed to marry and they make that covenant relationship and it's, it's there for a lifetime. And they don't ever use the word divorce and they don't ever threaten to pack their bags and move out. Right? Because before Jesus, that's the way Cheryl and I were. We throw the D word around like it was nothing. We took marriage lightly. But after meeting Jesus and him changing my heart and cleansing me and, and setting me free... We don't use the D word. We do not. I don't sleep on the sofa. Now we might sleep on the outside edge of the bed. (laughs) Genesis 2.24 says this. For this reason a man leaves his father and his mother. His father and his mother and, and is united to his wife. And they become one flesh. When you made a covenant before God and you said, I do before God and man, you said that I am now becoming one with my spouse. That's pretty easy to say, okay, too, right? Yeah, that, yeah, that's what we did. But let me define that for you a little bit. A covenant is actually an unconditional surrendering of your rights while increasing your responsibilities. Did you know you did that? 
Did you know that you gave up your rights and you surrendered to hers or his? Some of you women looked at him and went, you see, I've been telling you for a long time. I'm the boss. You surrendered, sucker. (laughs) But it works both ways. A contract is a conditional agreement protecting your rights and limiting your responsibilities. You see, marriage is a responsibility. You surrender your rights to each other and the two become one. And it's a covenant. You know what that means? You've got a daily, hourly, every so many minutes, you've got to die to yourself, right? Listen, there's nothing that, that cringes my skin more than when my wife says, can you help me wash the dishes? And I just sat down. And I had a hard day. I'm like, I, was, I throw a fit. I'll just be honest. I go, Phew. is that right, Virginia? Yes. Oh, God. Okay, maybe I need to work on that a little bit. <laughs> Dang, you could have backed off a little bit. <laughs> Dear goodness. But I mean, I just, I got to die to myself, right? Am I going to get up and help or am I not? Right? That's right. Uh, she won't say much. She'll just be real quiet. Satan's trying to tell you that marriage is not a covenant. It's just a contract and you can break the contract. He's trying to tell you, don't worry about making that. It's not that serious. It's not that big of a deal. You can, you can do what you want. Look, if you don't like it, you can just get out. Can I tell you in God's eyes, there ain't no way out except death. Right? I know people that have had, have, have had adulterous relationships on their spouses. And then you go, okay, well, the Bible technically says that if, if the one party did that, then I can, I can now get out. And some people have taken that path because they were hurt and they were devastated. And they took that road out. But you know what? Some people stayed. And some people forgave. And some people enjoyed the fruit of repentance. It takes, maybe takes a little bit of time to, to heal and to, and to trust again. But you know what? It can happen. It works. I know plenty of people that have made bad decisions and made bad choices in marriage and turned it around and are now healthier than they would have ever been. He wants to tell you, you don't have to get serious about it. It's like a rent house. If the pipes bust, you can move out. The third thing Satan plans to attack you with is he wants to rob you of hope. He wants to take your hope away because you see, when he gets you into hopelessness, then he's really got you. You're ready to make a decision when you're hopeless, right? The people you need to worry about are not the people that are mad at you, but the people that are hopeless. They're the most dangerous ones to be around, right? Because they're the ones that, They don't care no more. Their heart's been seared. It's been hardened. They don't worry about consequences anymore because they have no hope. They've given up. Right? So Satan tells you things like, oh, listen, don't worry about this marriage thing. It's not cool anymore. You don't need to worry about that. You don't save yourself for what? What are you saving yourself for? Can I tell you, I'm, I'm a bit jealous and envious of people who have saved themselves for marriage. 
I'll just be honest with you. I mean, my wife and I, we have an incredible thing. And I'm not downplaying that at all. Like I told you, God redeemed us and set us free. And, it's, and we've been justified as if we've done nothing wrong. But I believe that when you save yourself for marriage and you save yourself for the one that God wants to join you with. Man, there's something special there. There's got to be something special. God's blessing is all over that thing. Amen. And then I promise you this. He's got someone for you. It's in his time, not necessarily in yours. Amen. You just need to be patient. Well, you're a pastor. That's easy for you to say you married. Let me tell you a little something about marriage. I heard this the other day. That when you're single and you're serving God, that's the greatest opportunity you have. And your service to God is when you're single. Because you can run. You can run like a wild man. Single people can do the work of the kingdom that married couples cannot do. Because they have no strings attached. Nothing holding them back. They can leave in the middle of the night. They can come back in the middle of the night. There's no problems. But when you get married, it kind of slows your roll down a little bit, doesn't it? Because you're dying to yourself. You can ask now it was one, but now it's two joined together, right? And then throw some kids in the mix. You want to talk about slow you down. The only time you're getting up at night is to change a diaper. So, so what do you do? Single. What do you do? You serve God. You serve. I, I hear single people telling me all the time. Yeah, but I'm lonely. And I hear you. I understand it at some point. But who's going to fill that void? Are you waiting on another person to fill that void? Are you waiting on God to fill that void? Or better yet, are you allowing God to fill that void? Because you can be empty and go into marriage and still be empty. Right? But if you're single and your companionship and your fulfillment comes from God, you can go into marriage full Fully satisfied, fully okay, and you don't put this stigma on the person you married that, that they are this responsibility, that they now have to fulfill all this in me. And you put these, un- these un- unconditional or these undoable expectations on them to fill a void that only God can vo- fill. Amen? Right? So, so that's cool for single people. But what about if you're already married? And you still feel that void. Same thing. Jump into your relationship with Jesus and let him fill your tank. And tell your spouse you're sorry for putting these, these expectations on them to, to do something for you. That you can only do for yourself. And that's you getting into your relationship with Jesus. And only Jesus can fill. It's never too late to fill the tank. Amen. The funny thing is, if you'll grow in your relationship with Jesus, then you will grow in your relationship in marriage. You want to be a better husband or wife? Grow in your relationship with Jesus. Right? Pretty simple, right? Satan wants to tell you, man, it's, it's, you don't need to worry about being married. It's, it's too late, man. You know what's funny is that he gets you to commit a sin... And that takes you off of God's path. And then you end up in a hopeless situation. And the sap sucker turns what he did to you around back on you. 
He convinces you to make a bad decision. So you make the bad decision. You have sex outside of marriage or whatever you do. And then because of that, he, you feel guilty and shame. And you turn around and you're trying to get free. And he uses it against you. Right? First he was telling you, oh, you need to do that. That's incredible. You're lonely. You need to fulfill that fleshly desire. You need to go out there and do what you can do, man. Have a party. Try the car out before you buy it. Do what you need to do. Don't worry about tomorrow. And as soon as you do it, he comes out. See, I told you. Oh, you can't get right now. It's too late. You see how that works? He's a liar. He's a manipulator, a deceiver. And he wants to tell you that you have no hope. Can I give you some good news this morning? There's always hope. Amen. There's always hope for every situation to turn around. There's always hope. Where's your hope found? In Christ alone. It's not in your spouse. It's not in your friends. It's in Christ alone. That's where your hope comes from. And listen to me, he already knows your deepest, darkest secrets. And in Revelations 3.20, he says, I'm standing at the door and I'm knocking. If anybody will open the door, I will come into him and I will dine with him. Please just open the door. Open the door. But Satan tells you, don't open the door. Satan says, don't open the door because he's going to see what you've done. When the good news is that he's already saw what you did and he's still knocking on the door. Can I, come on. He's still knocking on the door. He said, come on, it's not over. If you're here today, it's not over. You haven't gone too far. Have you sinned? Yes. Are there going to be consequences? Yes. But can you keep on going? Yes. Can God redeem your marriage? Yes. Can God redeem your life? Yes. But only he can. Another relationship cannot. Right? He's trustworthy. How do you know that, Pastor? Because he's been trustworthy to me. Because he was knocking on my door. And I opened it. And you know what he did? He did exactly what he said he would do. He came in and he sat at the table of my life and we just dined together. He never brought up my sin. He never did anything else like that because he's already forgiven it. And and we sitting at the table and he's just loving on me. And you know what happens when he loves on me? I go, you know what, Lord, I just, and I just need to tell you, I I did this. You know what he does? Something's going to break right here. This is what he does. He says, yeah, I know. But it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right because I forgive you. And you know what? Not only do I forgive you, but look, I brought my bucket and my water and my rag and I'm going to wash you clean. And you know what he's washing off of you? Shame, guilt, embarrassment, fear, anxiety, bondage. You know why I say anxiety? Because some of you are in marriage today because you're you're anxious. You're nervous that it's going to break down again. You're nervous because you're thinking it's going to fail again. You can't find peace because you're so worried about what's going to happen. Well, you know what? All he wants to do is just wash that off of you. And he wants to care for you. Right? Because he wants you to be free. 
Because free people serve God. Free people free other people. Amen? Free people free other people. It's what we do. When you find hope, you go and you share the hope that you found out about. Right? When you become free, what do you want to do? You realize the bondage that you lived in and you want to go set some other people free. Right? You want to go say, hey man, look, <laughs> this is called witnessing, okay? Look, I mean, I blew it, man. Dude, I, I slept with, with this one and that one and this one and that one. And man, I thought it was going to fill my life up. And, you know, I, I know you're doing the same thing. We've been bragging on it. But, but let me tell you, man, I'm, I'm, I'm a wreck. I'm, I'm, man, I'm this. And, 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 and dude, I, man, God set me free, bro. He set me free, man. And you can be free too, bro. We got to quit this. Right? That's called being a witness. You know when it happens? As soon as you're set free. God is always trustworthy. Is the third thing that Satan doesn't want you to realize. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6 says this. says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. Come on somebody. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Jesus talked about the narrow gate and the broad gate. If you remember that. He talked about how most people go through the broad gate where there's really nothing required. And then, and then those that want to enter into heaven go through this narrow gate. But it's a narrow gate. Right? I wonder why it's a narrow gate. You ever thought about that? Why, why, why he not make a big gate? Why he couldn't go to tractor supply and get a 16 foot gate instead of a four foot gate? I mean, come on, Jesus, you got power and a credit card. Why couldn't you do that? Because he wants you to acknowledge him in all of your ways and he will make your path straight. And you know where his, his path leads to? His path leads to that narrow gate. That's where it leads to. So if you're here today and you've bought into the lies that Satan's told you as singles or even as, a, as married couples, I hope you found out today that they're lies. I hope you realize that, that you've been deceived. I hope you don't become ashamed of that. But I hope you ask God for forgiveness and then you ask him to set you free. That's what I hope for you today. He's trustworthy. He's so trustworthy. I'm going to wrap this up. You know, for some of you ladies, it may sound something like this. that You go get a haircut and you tell them you want to do something and they do it totally wrong. You ever got a bad haircut? I did a long time ago. Still hanging on. Three months later, you're embarrassed to go out in, 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 in public. And, but would you go back to that person? No. If you were smart, you wouldn't. And yet you'll go back to a guy that's not following Jesus and leading you away from him. Or maybe you're a guy here today and you, you wanted to go buy a dog. And you go to buy this dog and you're checking the dog out and the dog bites you. And so while you're fixing your bobos, do you still buy the dog? 
Why would you buy the dog if the dog already bit you? Right? Why would you go back to, to a lie when you've already realized it's a lie? Why would you go back to the same pattern that you've been living in already when you realize that you've been deceived, Satan's lied to you, and you now have heard the truth, and you know that there's hope? Why would you go back to that? And I just want to beg you to don't go back to that. Don't go back to that. Turn from those ways. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and let him make your path straight. You can say, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And you can say it to your blue in the face. But unless you're letting him make your path straight, you're doing it in vain. Amen. He will always be faithful. And the enemy will always lie. Because that's all he can do is lie. I'll leave you with this verse. Ephesians 3.20 says this. It says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. He can do more than you can ask for or even imagine. You know what that means? That God is bigger than your imagination. And I know for some of you singles here today, you've been imagining your married life. You've been imagining your relationship with your wife or your husband. And you've got images of that, especially if you're a girl. Girls just get this at a young age. They know what their wedding's going to look like. They know what dress they're going to wear. Guys are like, I just won't find a girl. He's got images of what she looks like. But he is bigger than your imagination. He can do immeasurably more than you can ask or imagine. You know what that means? He can set any situation free. He can set anything and turn it around. He can redeem anything, anything that you've done. He can turn it around. 